You know, it's a piece of it's a piece of uncooked bread when it comes to the bread. <laughs> <laughs> and the sort of food equivalent. Rory, Rory, I have to ask: Do you think that they cook the bread after they cut it into pieces? I, I just want to make sure or, I'm not talking about like great, like a great piece of toast. <laughs> the, 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 technically, technically, toast is is twice cooked because you you bake the bread and then I know, you toast the toast. I feel like a loaf of bread counts as uncooked. Is that unfair? Do you guys like Into the Woods? Do you know that musical? My favorite I mean, character yes. is the, my favorite character is the bread cook's wife. The bread cook's. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the idea that you could call toasting a piece of bread cooking in any way is fucking <laughs> abhorrent to me, and I want you to leave. Long ago in a distant land. Oh, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays. It's an animated podcast about real cartoons. I'm the first host today, Rory. I'm Andy, the second host. I'm Austin, the third and most beautiful host. Oh, he is a sweet, hot host today, everybody. He's yeah, I'm not even his... going to fight that. No, no there's, no, there's really no contest. But... I'm getting into well... skincare. Uh, so with us, everybody, is the fourth host of this week, Nathan Cox. Why, hello, everyone. I just came here in my dad's new, wonderful, fully equipped Land Rover. Land Rover? Uh, and Land, yeah, right, <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a nice Land Rover. It, it, it can do anything. It can get you on the beach and on the highways. And it, it just it looks so nice. Yeah. And you look really hot. So with a hot new Land Rover, you must you must have a bundle of cash in your pocket that's just burning a hole straight through. I sure do. Nathan, welcome back to our podcast. Uh, and I am my favorite thing about having you on the show is that means that we've watched something absolutely <laughs> stinkerific. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, otherwise, what's the point? I thought what you were going to say is my favorite part about having you on the show is that you don't like the things we like. <laughs> In general, we haven't really uh, opened ourselves up to that kind of criticism from Nathan. We mostly give him safe stuff that. We know he's going to hate a lot. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. guess if you presented me with something that you truly loved and I shat all over it, it would get awkward. You wouldn't want me to come back. <laughs> That's probably it's, true. It's nice because when your listeners see that I'm on the show, they're just like, oh, I can skip this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's our handy. That is our service to you. <laughs> we should probably Either, put that on the website as like a little handy tip for can, listeners. <laughs> Yeah, an, an extra tag to, s- to put on the posts. Mm-hmm. Hot garbage. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people will enjoy Vitor, the Starfire champion. <laughs> mm, yeah. I mean, that is that is somehow towards the top half of the ones that I've watched. Yeah. Well, because it's fucking slam damn a jim a jam. Whatever words oh, yes. just came out of my mouth. I don't. I don't want to take responsibility for them. There was a ghost in there. <laughs> uh, my mouth but- ghost made me say something embarrassing. <laughs> Dang you, mouth ghost! <laughs> Damn you, mouth ghost! <laughs> hey, so we we took a couple weeks off of our our spaced out teens arc to watch some crazy shit, but we are back because we couldn't say goodbye to Galaxy High quite yet, and we are sort of. I don't know, like speed dating it with some other shows. Yeah, we're experimenting. Uh, we're just we're just and, having a little try around town. 
Yeah, because Beverly Hills Teens was not going to make the cut for a fourth week. That was not going to happen. We couldn't watch another yet, drop of it. And yet. And, and yet, uh, in a way it did. Uh, <laughs> we were not really out of the woods on Beverly Hills Teens because we've kind of gone to a parallel universe, uh, a, a side a side universe, a, a connection to Beverly Hills Teens. So it's not, it's not gone. We haven't heard the last of <laughs> Lark and Troy and Bianca and Wilshire. Wilshire. And all of our <laughs> least favorite characters. Because, um, cause, well, okay, Andy, I think you need to take us into to what we're watching and why we have a copy of it. Yeah, yeah. So there's, uh, we're obviously watching more Galaxy High, but we're starting to bounce around and just sort of pick episodes we want to watch. Uh, but for this week, we decided we wanted to pair it with uh, another teen show. I found online that the show Maxie's World was uh, also sort of like syndicated with Gal- uh, with Beverly Hills Teens as a package after they both aired. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I read further and they did a crossover episode and there was no way that we couldn't watch it, uh, except if the Internet didn't have it, which uh, certainly couldn't have been possible. Just kidding. Yes, it was. The Internet didn't have this episode in the slightest. But you know who did was Amazon. And you know who <laughs> gives us money to buy horrible things off Amazon? Patrons. That's right. You, you can do. support us on Patreon. So thank you very much for allowing us to spend $14 on the full DVD set of Maxie's <laughs> World that now sits in my desk. Uh, and That's we... right. It's a show first. We have spent money on this content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, of course, patrons, I guess now it doesn't matter. You can just give your money directly to Jeff Bebos and, uh, you know, <laughs> just give Jeff. the big smiling company. Give these boss. Jeff Bebos. Jeff Um Just, Jeff just dump, your, dump your hard earned money just right into his coffers because that's apparently what we're doing now. <laughs> I um, guess so. But we got a, we got a Maxis World uh, a, a, a duet of episodes out of this. So yes. I think it's worth it. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. We'll, we'll answer I, that question at the end. We'll decide if it's worth it. <laughs> Was it worth $14? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I know, I know Nathan, you're kind of jumping in in the middle of our arc and you haven't watched any uh, galaxy high, but what, did you, did you feel lost? Uh, no. I mean, they kind of, it's one of those shows where they really cover the entire setup in the theme song. Yeah, they do. So, That's true. I got the gist of like what's happening and no part of me was confused by the plot of the episode <laughs> as a lot of it is very like kind of like generic TV plot. Uh, yeah. No one will. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. This later. is a sitcom episode you've seen before uh, with yeah, some funny twists. It's funny, though, Nathan, because you might have actually been less confused as we were because some serialization actually happened in between the episodes we've seen. Yeah, a uh, little bit. And so some some I'd say us who were accustomed to the first three episodes were like, what's this new character? What's this thing happening? Hold on a minute. Okay. Uh, Surprising amount of of story they've 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 packed in to uh, to this show. So excited to talk about it. We have to eat our our vegetables before we can slam down some some sweet, sweet galaxy dessert. Uh because I think I think we're going to watch Maxie's World first, right? That's what we decided. Unfortunately, yeah. We're going to grit our teeth and talk about Maxie's World. <laughs> it's 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 going to be interesting. So mm. with that being said, oh, well, we've got a beach blanket uh, battle coming up, right? And what do we oh, do that's... at the beach 
at the water yeah. when we're there. Uh, when we're by the water, we've left our beach blanket. We've uh, waded out from the sand into the into the water, and then the water gets deep enough, and it's safe to. <laughs> Let's jump on over. <laughs> no. Okay, we're just four. We're just four sweet, sweet teens trying to have a good time here at the soccer match. Uh, it's Maxie's world. We watched episode one and twenty-four, but we'll you know we'll get there. So this is episode one, first of all, and this one's called Date Expectations, and a summary, and then we'll get into what the hell Maxie's world is all about. Maxie and the girls reminisce about Maxie's first date with Rob, which includes a series of comical misadventures, ultimately resulting in true romance. Boy, uh, uh, except I re- sort of reject all of that premise. <laughs> yeah, especially the word yeah. comical. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. So that's sort of like my biggest hot take on this was, you know, and it's it's not as if the rom-com is some sort of cutting edge new genre that hasn't been like explored at all. Their, their, their misadventures don't really put their relationship to the test. Nobody's ever like... like I don't know. They're just so amicable all the time and like kind of just getting along and rolling with the punches. And yet even these punches that I'm talking about are not interesting or comical or farcical in their own right. It's just dumb oh, shit. No. Like their their car gets stuck and no, Rob, was, Rob was late and then he has to explain why he was late. It's extremely <laughs> milk toast or should I, should I say milk cooked bread? Um. <laughs> it's it's, no, it's your... Nathan- Nathan, you're sneaking it into the show so that we for sure use that as the cold open. And I see you. I see you doing it. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just a guest. I never do this. I'm just a, I'm just a cute, innocent guest. I don't know how to play these games with these silly boys. Look, look, uh, we we kind of need to back up a minute. And yeah, we do. Understand what Maxie's world is, because I didn't do any research on this. Andy, no. did you? Are, are you punting you? it to me? Oh, I, I didn't. I'll, I didn't, did you learn it. anything? Look, I'll tell you what it is, because like I watched the intro. I don't need yeah. to do a Wikipedia deep dive. This show <laughs> is a show within a show because Maxie is a, a, a I'm assuming a California teenager. No, girl. let's not. Uh, we you have already sold it as uh, more impressive than it is. It's not a show within a show. It's a person who has a TV show with on a TV show. We don't watch <laughs> yeah, the second right. show. It's we've just well, sort sure. of glamorizing having a show. Yeah. True. Though well, I haven't seen all the episodes, so I've got to imagine that there's some that like take place. This, probably, like you're watching her part of this. You're watching her film a show, so it's got a little bit of that Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, the 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 players at the end. The some this has some deep Pyramus and Thisbe roots happening within it. You piece of <laughs> shit. You get the fuck out of our show. This is the, this is the Muppets, is what it is. <laughs> It wishes it was. This is a it Muppet wishes fart. It was a, this is a Muppet um, fart. What? Okay. Rudeness aside. Um, uh, <laughs> no. Um, if you heard the intro, the beginning of this theme song goes Surfside High School in the Sun, which feels very much like the 80s version of like SEO 
nonsense. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like being packed of just like, sir, fun. California words. California, good teen yeah. party. And then TV show. She's got, she's got a TV show. They repeat several times that Maxie has her own TV show. And, and you know. And it's seemingly like staffed by teens. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know what you guys are getting. Like yeah. the vibe you're getting. Is this like a show that she puts on for her high school, or is this broadcast on networks? Because I get it the, looks it like feels like kids. it's a network because it's they're in a fancy studio. I well, get yeah. the sense, but, but it's then I like, feel a, like things changed over time because in the pilot it was a little bit different, and then later on down the road they're like, oh, we loved Ferdy and Mushroom so much that we're going to make them <laughs> part of the camera production crew, like. <laughs> Yeah, we were gonna yeah. kill him off at the end of episode one, but we liked working with him so yeah, much that the, we brought him back. The return of mushroom was uh... mushroom. <laughs> Christ. So yeah, this is a this is a doll selling TV show. Uh, Maxie is a line of Hasbro dolls, or was I don't I, I have she no idea. Barbie is she Hasbro's Barbie? Was that was there? She kind was of Hasbro's hope? Barbie. Yes, right. Uh, Mattel is the Disney to to Hasbro's DreamWorks, and they're really trying. Uh, and it's just it's just not a very good doll selling vehicle, but it has all those hallmarks, right? So it's like, like there's a scene in this episode where, for no real reason, we just watch her change clothes a bunch, and it's kind of like Sea Girls, just like you can do with our dolls. Mm. Look, think of all the outfits right. you yeah. can put on our dolls. <laughs> The, and the, she's got a TV show. Like, oh, imagine the like ac- accessories you can buy. And for, it like, builds a up TV to a joke set. that doesn't. It's it's a it's a it's a lame duck joke. It makes even less sense than the than the lame payoff it was for, where she just has a wedding dress and she's like, oh, maybe I don't want him to get the wrong idea. What is the right <laughs> idea? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why do you have a wedding dress? <laughs> Yeah. So uh so this this show is just about a girl who seemingly has like everything that you could ever want and her Which is mainly a TV problems. show. Mainly a TV show, yeah. And yeah, it's a talk but, show too. It's not like she's a an actress or anything. She's yeah, a talk she's show Oprah, host. basically. She's teen Oprah. It gives you accessories. You can then buy the the film set play set. Uh yeah. you can buy uh-huh. the cameras, you can buy the microphones that are the all applause the applause signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be great. Uh, I'm I say hypothetically as if I didn't have a bunch of Axie's World dolls set up in my house. <laughs> yeah, the core concept that this show is built around is completely baffling to me because essentially, and this is I think what Nathan was getting to when he said it's kind of a show within a show, but it's like this girl has a TV show and is supposed to have an amazing life, like the fantasy. The fantasy of being a cool teen with a TV show is that you might do exciting things. <laughs> and Or meet and exciting ins- people. Right. And instead, the entire episode is like listening to your least interesting friend uh, just describe their weekend. And Exactly. Like, it's like literally, it's like a coworker at a, at a Zoom meeting that has gone on like an hour too long and just like, oh, let's talk, let's talk to Janice about her weekend. Oh, yeah. So we went to the beach, but we had trouble parking. So we you, know had to- it, you know what it is? This first episode read exactly. This is a little inside baseball, but it read like a sentence at a time improv exercise where the people tell a story together and like, and then we went to the beach and then we got stuck in the sand and then the tow truck. Yeah. Like, 
It, yeah. it is such bad storytelling and such bad writing. Something I wanted to comment on is that earlier one of you guys said that uh, like the, the the problems didn't test. It was Austin, I think, that said the problems that they run into on their first date don't test their relationship. And mean. I think that's really spot on because back. I think it was Rory who said that the problems don't really test their relationship at all. And uh, I, Rory, you're so smart for saying that. Austin, <laughs> oh, maybe do a little you. better. I don't uh, remember saying it, but that's fine. Well, well, I'm, the, I'm jumping forward a little bit, and I would think that your relationship would be pretty well tested if you were in high school. They're in high schoolers, yes? Yes. Yes. Yeah. If you're in high school and your boyfriend gets grounded for six months, I don't think you go <laughs> on the second date. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you yeah. date someone else. But it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy though, because like all the problems are like if if this had fucked with their relationship, I would have been mad at the characters because it's all situational shit that pretty much they couldn't have foreseen. Like, unless you're saying like, oh, no, it's a sign that our relationship. Well, they didn't fail. have to drive their car onto the beach full of people. <clears throat> well, no, okay, they that's didn't true. have to almost kill a dog uh, in the <laughs> middle of the show. And this is this is an 11 minute cartoon and six yeah. minutes in, they almost kill a dog. Uh, and <laughs> that's sort of where, you know, where they're at, I guess. Can we get back to the, the beginning of this? Because we got to talk about the soccer game. Okay. Uh, mm. okay. Because the thighs on these soccer players oh, yeah. are so uh, just juicy and enormous. And so, dude, I was stacked. like, <laughs> this, is a, this is a kind of interesting point because uh, some of the quote unquote girl shows we've watched so far have clearly been sort of mostly engineered by men. Yeah. And uh, these boys uh, sort of, they they do sort of feel more like the uh, the female fantasy than the male power fantasy. Yeah, yeah like a hot European up, soccer team. Their upper <laughs> legs look like <laughs> with, their, their upper legs look like Thanksgiving turkeys, like with deep yeah. anime eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and I like I like the depicting like when when because he's like a guest on her show. That's how they meet. And she totally bungles it and starts saying all these weird things because of how, like, obviously just, like, fucking horned up she is about how hot this this soccer and football <laughs> star mm-hmm. is. And he he just asks her out live on air. And that, that too, is, like, that sort of, like, oh, my gosh, he's so, like, forward and he's hot. It's, like, yeah, it, it read very, very sort of uh, uh, lady fantasy instead of dude fantasy, which I was, mm-hmm. I was not expecting. But the, the weird thing is the framing device of the entire episode. Oh, I know. Is- it starts in the modern with this hot soccer game and Maxie's like, oh, God, that's my man. I just wanted to fucking tear me apart. And then- <laughs> you can tell because when she, they're all cheerleaders and she does the splits. But instead of it being like normal splits, instead, she's slapping the ground with her crotch like she's in a major laser video. <laughs> <laughs> Did yeah. Maxie invent daggering? I think she did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's and beside she, the so point. That's beside the point. After the game, uh, the win, you know, after after her boyfriend who's on the team wins, and she's just like juicing up in the locker room, like <laughs> Get thinking ready. about her man, uh, and her friends uh, who are also cheerleaders are like, God, ah, oh, we also want to fuck your boyfriend. He's incredible. <laughs> and once again, Maxie's major hunk of a boyfriend wins the game for Surfside. Cute Carly. You know, Maxie, that play reminded me of the winning play Rob made when you first met him, remember? The rest of the episode is this, you know, like, flashback sequence of, of yeah. their first date. And it's so weird to, to like, create a narration cycle. It's a cycle. very, I, it's, it's, a, it's a nonsense, it's a nonsense, like, narr- like narrative device. It probably, 
if I had to guess, is something that, you know, that Austin brings up a lot is just kind of trying to pack in as much premise for a, in a pilot as possible. So right. we see everything we kind need to see and then hard cut to the story they want to do. And, right. and we could we could go through moment by moment, but in my opinion, it's not really worth it because as no, Rory no. was saying or somebody <clears throat> was saying, like, there's no consequence. Like one of no. the moments, like when she gets out of her house to go on the date and she Dak Prescott's her ankle down the stairs, like <laughs> no, nothing happens. She's just like, oh, I'm fine. Even Oops. though it looked like she like pretty well messed Died. up her leg. It looked like it was yeah. just going to be yeah. <laughs> cut to black. <laughs> Hey, yeah, they I could know, have gone I, to the I, hospital. They could have called the EMTs. They could have done anything interesting with it. But instead, nope, I just fell down the stairs because of And a we know ball. they get together yeah. at the yeah. beginning. So there's no tension. And like, yeah. oh, is it going to work out? Is it going to say yes? Like, yeah, we know. I know. They're banging 24-7. <laughs> Everything's fine. Well, 24-7 minus six months. Yeah. Yeah, minus six months. I know this is a huge digression, but I cannot let Dak Prescott show up on our podcast again without reminding <laughs> listeners that he was named after the Dakota Dude, a a cow character from the Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa, a real cartoon that his mom watched. Wait, is uh, this true? This is 100% yes. true. He's, <laughs> Dakota? He's named I, after. <laughs> this just made my appearance on this podcast for me completely worth it. <laughs> we just can't. We just can't walk by Dak Prescott again. If he, he can't walk into our saloon, friend of twice. the show, Dak Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, there's the, the final thing we're, we've now talked about this first episode longer than its runtime, so I just want to say one more thing before we move on to the second. I have one, one thought as well, so let's hear okay. yours. Uh, mine is that at a certain point when they finally get to have the, have the date, quote unquote, that they really want, where they're just windsurfing next to each other, uh, there's a song that plays, and this is a thing I guess that happens yes. on Maxi's World. Mm. There's a song that plays like with lyrics, it's like a whole like custom made you know, love song that plays underneath, like, ooh, is it love yet? How will I know? And I got the strongest Rainy Day Man flashbacks yes. uh, to, to fucking Sailor Moon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and oh. Rainy Day Man is still the bangingest banging love song that we've ever heard on this this fucking show. And I this really, is a lot I'm of drop a, by this week. <laughs> I know, I'm dropping another clip. We're hearing Rainy Day Man for about 10 <laughs> seconds. They eventually get to a, a burger joint and have a pretty adventurous uh, choice of choice of food, mm-hmm. which is they order I, like I, half the menu. They order like half the menu. Uh, there are things that I've never in my life heard of, nor can even fathom somebody would ever make, like a snail burrito. Um, <laughs> I was trying to figure out if they were trying to be gross, if it was trying to be silly, if they were trying yeah. to be like adventurous eaters. If we were supposed to think it's funny that they're eating a bunch of stinky food before smooching, I just I couldn't get a read on what it was supposed to mean. But they order no. among a couple like normal things, burgers and fries. They order the snail burrito special, some lobster on a stick, an order of squid rings. <laughs> squid rings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, escargot is like escargot and calamari are things, but maybe they thought it would be funny to call them by. Like, oh, to California. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's it's interesting idea. Um, yeah, my my yeah. final thing for this episode is like two tropes that I noticed that I'm just always like one I'm amused by, which is remember back in the 80s and 90s when quicksand was everywhere. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 
uh, and now it's disappeared, and I kind of miss it. I like it whenever it shows it's back up now. Quicksand is fun, and I actually wanted to give a tiny shout out to that weird food order because for an '80s TV show about a hot girl with a TV show, uh, she is not shy about ordering a bunch of weird food and then slamming all of it. True. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know the boyfriend forgets his wallet. I guess lost his wallet, so they have to wash dishes to pay for the bill before uh. his. Beautiful, brand new, his father's brand new Land Roamer. Before Mushroom bones it. <laughs> mushroom, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> when did that become a trope? Like, that that's never been anything that I nor anyone I know has ever done in their lives. And yeah. It, it's so common. For a tow truck driver to just drive your car right through a wall? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or, or that restaurants will make you pay for your meal by washing dishes in the kitchen. That's the that one. one. Yeah, me and Patrick yeah. did it once, but they didn't make us. Oh. Just, you were so just, just like, hey, fun? we don't even want to eat. We just want to wash your dishes because we <laughs> no, fucking we, it love was, your restaurant. It was at Western. We went into Palmini, like right Kiss before the closing. <laughs> and it was like this one dude by himself. And it was, you know, not that early or not that like close to closing time that, you know, we should have felt bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was just kind of overwhelmed and trying to do it. And we were like, we can cl- we'll we'll clean up while you cook the food, dog. Like, no problem. <laughs> well, yeah, but you had money to pay for it. It wasn't like, oh no, like I lost that's my true. wallet. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. very true. But I appreciate you giving me a little bit of like supporting evidence. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I can stretch the truth. Look, I just I'm sorry. We all we've all had an extra thing about this episode. I just wanted to. Oh, okay. Just <laughs> look, just for the people at home, I just want to clarify how piss ass boring this episode was. It's really not with really what good. they chose mm. to detail, like as their adventure, and some of the real things we had to deal with that they take the time to animate and dramatize for this episode is uh, what's the Rob? The boyfriend's name is Rob, and Rob's yes. you know father's Land Roamer, uh, which they speak <laughs> a lot of for it being a fake brand and not being Land Rover. Yeah, they're not getting any money. There's no deal here. Right. Um, <laughs> he just he gets the address. He drives to the address. There's it's the wrong address. And a guy says to go to a different address. So he goes to the right address. That's yeah, that's, that's like it. two minutes of this episode of this 11 minute episode. That is 20 percent of this episode is a guy drives to the wrong address and then goes to the right one. And there's not any sort of challenge or joke or anything. It's just. I guess they're either they're if you're trying to give them if you're trying to give them even a single point, it's that they're trying to establish that this date is not starting off on a great foot because he's like an hour late. Right. Maxie's bummed. But it doesn't play that way. She's completely forgiving. Yeah. Uh, she's has no problem with the fact that he was late. His explanation uh, is satisfactory. She's even so excited to see him that, as we said before, she breaks her own foot on the stairs running at him. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, there's this was this this is nothing. Yeah, Maxie's World episode twenty four is similarly nothing, but it has some other things for us to talk about. It does. So this so is called. Let's do it. And you'll notice you'll notice that uh, two of the, this episode and the uh, Galaxy High one we picked have similar titles. You might say that's why we picked them. You'd be right. Uh, this one's called Beach Blanket Battle, uh, and the next the, the, what's the other one called? Beach Blanket Blow Up. Blow what? Up. Beach Blanket Blow, blow Up. up. Battle, Beach Blanket Blow Up. Real Battle of the Beach Blankets. It, God. Uh, so this one, uh, Maxie and the Surfside teens meet the Beverly Hills teens who pay us a, a visit to Surfside in order to compete in the Beach Blanket Battle Charity Challenge. Because it's always about charity. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this is, 
I um, okay, okay. So, <laughs> the, it, how do you uh, approach uh, let's this? Hear, let's hear There's Nathan. Let's hear Nathan it. try to try to summarize what happens in this thing. Okay, so there's there's a series of competitive events that are never really competitive. Yeah, uh, I didn't know this. Uh, the the raven haired bitter Betty, whose name escapes me, uh, Jerry, I think. Jerry, now it, oh, I have to ask you to give context. Uh, is she yep. a Beverly Hills teen, or she's from Max? She's, uh, she is Max's world. world. Okay, so clearly she's the 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 bad guy here. But th- she's what, the Veronica who are Betty, right? Uh, so. Clearly, like this, this episode is filled with villains and Maxie, <laughs> yeah. who is good because she does nothing. Uh, <laughs> everyone is trying to like sabotage and defeat our heroes, but the heroes we don't care about. Right. It's uh, so that's kind of the the whole gist is that they have all these these competitions, and then uh, the the lesson that you learn at the end is that you need the right amount of team support, because when the chips are down, it's the only <laughs> point that counts. We've introduced a new oh. character. We've introduced a new oh. character to the Beverly Hills lineup, who I quite liked. Bianca's second butler, uh, who yeah. is in, who's in a tux on top and cargo shorts on bottom, and his He's job is root beer. On top and <laughs> <It's> <laughs> root beer butler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know, I know, Nathan, you don't have context necessarily for the Beverly Hills teens characters, but I'm sure you kind of got what's going on. It's a, uh, yes, except who the fuck is the yoked guy with the head of a baby <laughs> stuck on top of his head or his shoulders? Oh, That's Wilshire. the confusing body of Wilshire the butler. <laughs> oh, my God. I... And- it looked like a doll that he, someone had pulled yeah, apart he, and put together. He both looks and is voiced like some sort of unfrozen Neanderthal. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. He has the first line of this episode, which is, oh, we're approaching the beach, Bianca. And it's like fucking. Oh, it's such a tone okay, setter. But wait, now, now, now say the character Maxi in that voice you just did. <laughs> oh, Maxley. Oh, wait. This yeah. Is, yeah. This is our Goofy movie special. <laughs> I, but we see Bianca and she's flying in on a helicopter. And this scene actually like it's not funny when you watch it, but to describe it is funny because she's in a jacuzzi in a helicopter being served root beer in a chalice by her long legged business top fuck bottoms butler and it's it's like it's oh. it's kind of beautiful and choice like in in if 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 i could just sort of take like a a mental picture of that and hold that like that might be worth yeah. keeping it's yeah. it's wonderful and honestly no there's a reason that i think i still am going hard for Beverly Hills teens because you just can't you can't describe anything in Maxie's world with that kind <laughs> no, of No, you can't. That kind of detail, I would say. Of course, say. this seems like it was from Maxie's world. They made it like Yeah, they, their their level of animation somehow is worse. It uh, is it's a, yeah, they this, made some odd style choices with I these miss characters. I long for Beverly Hills teens though. <laughs> yeah. I kind of I kind of miss their animation uh cuz this is abysmal. This you know what this episode looked like? This looked like the CDI bread. Zelda, the CDI <laughs> Zelda games. Oh yeah, it um, did. It really you know? did. Yeah. The yeah. wand of Gamelon. Yeah, uh, I was fucking wand of Gamelon in here. It was awful. There was like one, yeah, several things animation-wise I noticed in this one, which did seem worse than the first episode. 
was like one of the volleyball fans' eyes were like insane and different from everyone else's. It looks like the they times- were trying to blend <laughs> art styles and failed really miserably at it because it's a little different yeah. from Maxie's world too, or from the first episode we saw. Another scene, like, Ferdy was talking, but his lips were the only thing moving, and they just kind of, like, floated around on his face while he was talking. <laughs> like a yeah. straight butterfly. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the framing is weird sometimes. They, they like, close in on faces, but they're too close and off-center. Like, they're, half their face is off-screen, and I don't know. Shit's yeah. fucking weird in this production also, right now. I want to play, just, to, I want to clip drop the audio of Bianca in her root beer in her jacuzzi helicopter jacuzzi drinking root beer i want to play the drinking sound of her drinking root beer Uh, i just want to play that really quick thank you very much (laughs) yeah thank you for that austin that was wonderful i i want to play a clip now here as well we're all gonna get another turn at a thing for this episode so uh i want to play the clip of bianca being mad at wilshire because wilshire doesn't want wilshire's absurdly ripped but he doesn't want to do anything and he doesn't think it's a good idea that he's the goalie. And Bianca yells, You let them score one goal, and I'll have you washing my limo till your gloves look like wrinkled prunes. I'm pretty sure this isn't a Terry Hawks episode, but she did a pretty good job. I like this yeah, delivery. Strong vibes, but no, not Terry, sadly. It wasn't our, our <laughs> Sailor Moon voice actor, but uh, it was it was close. It was it's, really it's hitting those notes. I gotta say, I do think Maxie's World is the perfect fit for Beverly Hills teens like they really are a perfect pairing because all of their characters are atrociously awful except (laughs) the people designated as the good people and then they're just like a saltine cracker like with nothing it's a saltine cracker on an uncooked piece of bread (laughs) right exactly and and nothing there's just no character there's nothing to do with these main characters they have nothing happening and so the the shows keep gravitating towards the villain characters because they're the only ones who With have any anything. kind of traits or development. Or, In yeah. Beverly Hills Teens, like watching this, I was like, am I supposed to collectively hate all of them? Like yeah. when you watch kind the of. original show, like are they all just villains? Yes. 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 I mean, a little yes. bit. They, okay. they are their wishy-washy in their portrayal of how of their like uh, <laughs> rich obscenity, but they are generally all somewhat unlikable. And then there's one okay. who's kind of the most unlikable, which is an, <laughs> which does sort of confuse you. You're like, oh, if, if he's the unlikable one, are we supposed to actually sympathize with the problems of the rest of these <laughs> slightly less awful rich folks? It's it's quite yeah. strange. It, it kind of makes me happy that I never had to watch any of the Beverly Hills <laughs> teens episodes myself. Well, or- y- y- you say that, but there's an episode where they all ride custom doubles uh, surfboards, and one of them like is shaped like a horse, and one of them has a helicopter on it that flies. Uh, and they, you know, it, it's it's like it's like an oddly cartoonish description uh, depiction of obscene wealth that's kind of fun in its own right. It doesn't actually make the show better, but it's kind of an interesting like art piece to look at. Yeah, um, and last time we had Prince Monko, the rock and roll gorilla. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which just sells itself but yeah. uh i think correct me if i'm wrong we we hear bianca and wilshire and i think one time troy speak but troy and lark never have their names spoken aloud on this episode no. is that right no i don't think so i never no. heard those names and and yeah the whole concept with a with a crossover usually the excitement of a crossover is like oh boy won't it be great to see these characters meet each other and yeah, they that's 
They don't really. They barely interact. I couldn't tell who was on what show. Like they, yeah. when I asked the question about with the mm-hmm. the Veronica woman, like yeah, I, like I didn't know if she was from the other one or not. I mean, I figured that uh, Bianca and her manservant were because she was so ridiculously over the top in her wealth. Like I knew that yes. was the case, but I agree with you. Like there was no way to to differentiate or made it seem like it was special that they were there at all, especially because they're not that far off. From the like, no, they're, they're white the bread eighties wealth of of the yeah. people who live in California anyway. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I'm not a writer. I could walk into this room and tell them, hey, you know what other shows like for the whole history of time have done with crossovers? Basically, get the hot ones to try and fuck the other hot ones from the other show and fuck with the relationships, <laughs> right? Well, there's relationships. H- have them get screwed with by like being attracted to the person from the other show because it doesn't matter. Everyone will apologize at the end and they'll all go back to their own shows and you get to have some fun character drama. Like they, they didn't even do that. It's almost difficult to pin this on ineptitude. Uh, like both of these shows, both of these episodes are so. So devoid of content that it almost feels designed, but I can't figure out with what intention that would be. I think it's just that they must have gotten a note from an exec or something being like, there can't be conflict. We want this to be a happy show. Therefore, there can be zero conflict ever. Yeah. Okay. We need to devote the rest of our time talking about this episode to the team support song. Um <laughs> We need to skip as much as I hate to. We got to skip past the trampoline egg grabbing competition. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. I need to, we I need do, to I, go to the chicken look, fight in the ocean. I need to make one tiny detour because Freddie Flummox needs to come out. This is our, 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 okay. new, our, our new SMT mascot, Freddie Flummox, patent pending. Do you patent characters? I don't know. Uh, I have a Flummox moment where they're on the trampoline doing the egg gathering, the egg grab. Where there's a moment where Troy like wanders over to Jerry and is like, hey, mind if I join you? And she's like, not at all, which makes no sense because they're not on the same team. And Troy turns and he turns his butt to the camera and suddenly there's this like squelchy fart noise. Did someone fart? Why? If if they farted, why? Was it Troy who farted? And then why? What does the interaction afterward mean where it's like... It's weird, like one of them falls like he over just and like, squish- like he just farted on us. Like he just farted on the viewer. <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking understand. The was viewer. it even a fart at all? And if it wasn't a fart, why was there a squish noise and nothing was squishing on screen? <laughs> oh, and then it- <laughs> I remember. Yeah, he, I think he kneeled on an egg. Yeah, yeah but we don't so, see yes. it. But we don't see it happen. <laughs> he no. just moves and we hear a fart noise. <laughs> and I, I didn't know how to fucking interpret it. Okay, you can talk about the song now. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the song is is definitely like a, a North Korean morale raising song <laughs> that they put on a, a slapping 80s beat. Uh, yeah, it does feel like a fascist sort of uh, collective anthem. Bootstep, you know. sort of. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, that is played on full volume uh, while they're, they're trying the charade of dialogue. Is supposed it was to be so happening. weird. Yeah, there's dialogue that seems like you're supposed to hear it and follow what's happening. And you it's it's. Kim yeah. Jong Un doesn't want you to hear it. It's again. It's such a strange choice. If you want, just to, just to explain how weird this is, let's play the song at full volume right now while we're still talking, and just imagine this is a cartoon happening right now, and you're trying yeah. to sort of follow both things. Um, hey, Austin, will you will you marry me? Oh no! Oh god! I can't hear. Oh, Nathan, I've been sleeping with your dog. How could you? I'm gonna hit you with an inflatable shark. Uh, 
can't hear you over this the sound of team team support and how important it is to have team support. No matter who your team is, there's support with your team in this one. How? So fucking weird. And, and like some of the, some of the lyrics, like the the, the the way the song starts, it almost sounded like it was going to be a Rocky theme song, like. It, like, I think the first lyric is like, it's a fight to the finish, a case of do or die. Yeah. And like, I was like, damn. And then it just took a turn, took a real turn. Uh, I don't know. This episode was nothing. This was the worst crossover I've ever seen. I've, I've got nothing for this. Max's okay. World. The only thing I have is the sneak preview at the end. Maxi wins. They win the competition. It's great. They defeat all the ghouls from Beverly Hills teens. Um, <laughs> and the weird crowd that only knows how to chant uh, Surfside. And it's the same four people sort it's, of doing a two move animation. That's awful. Uh, but they win. Great. Cool. At the end, there's a, there's a sneak preview for the next episode, which is apparently Maxie's, Maxie's friend's bike gets stolen by some like jacked up like beach hunks. And <laughs> the animation is immediately like 10,000 years better. I mean, it is, it is, the animation is incredible. Like, like the detail is amazing. Like it's, yeah. It's, like I it's said, this looks show. like they're trying to combine their style with BHT, which is, one, I've, I've never seen anybody like just f- try to freehand a totally different animation style for one episode, yeah. and it does not work. Well, no, I, I think no. part of that, Austin, is the fact that all of the models for the characters, with the exception of like 30 kind of, uh, they, they're also like generically attractive. That the only people who look interesting are the bad guys or the people who are like mushroom? societal mushroom? shutouts. Mm-hmm. Like mushroom looks interesting. The guy who was playing the guitar when she went to the wrong house looked interesting. The bike oh. thieves looked interesting. So basically, if you're not like the conventionally attractive people, like those, they're not interesting to look at at all. And the animation isn't fun. They're carbon uh, copy yeah. California hot. Exactly. Right. Which is not yeah not un- unrealistic. That's a pretty fair criticism of attractiveness <laughs> in California. Yeah, yeah, you all look true. the same. I just, I just kind of wished I'd watched that bike episode because it actually yeah. seemed interesting. But. Well, <laughs> in, instead of watching the bike episode, I'd rather get high. I'd rather Ooh. hear from our sponsors. Well, we're, we'll hear from a sponsor and then we'll get Galaxy, Galaxy high. high. Thank you. Because I didn't want everyone to be like, oh, I didn't know Nathan smoked a ton of pot now. <laughs> it's 2020 in Washington. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Oh, no, acting. Okay, so <laughs> this week, everybody, we are we are brought to you. We're brought to you by the good people over at Slime Golf. And Andrew has volunteered Ooh. to tell everybody tell everybody what's going on with Slime Golf. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can definitely do that. Um, so Nickelodeon has been trying to get into the sports world for a really long time. They always used to do those really fun sort of teen sport shows, like Wild and Crazy Kids, you know. What's a teen sport? Well, you know, you know, they, it's like it's like a regular sport, except there's cameras on and and uh, a lot of like slip and slides, I guess. You know, it's sure, like I guess there's basketball, teams. but also a slip and slide involved, you know, maybe to get you to the hoop for sick dunks. Oh, for dunking. Sure. Right. Because teens love teens, teens love, love nothing more. Teams love sliding to, into the dunk. Yeah. Sliding, <laughs> right, sliding right into the dunk. Slide into the dunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's the kind of catchphrase that Nickelodeon would come up with for this. All right. Sort of, so slime golf. Go. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Slime Golf is a very exciting uh, new, you know, they're trying to revitalize that 90s Nickelodeon brand. And so they've invented a sport that's a lot like golf, but most things involved have been, well, you could say they've been turned slimy. So that uh, that wonderful little little club, those those fun long sticks that you used to hit the golf ball with, well, they're sticky now. Uh-oh. If you don't work hard, they'll slide right out of your hands, and all those teen girls watching are going to be like, no, never fuck you. Are they sticky or are they slimy? They're both somehow. It's like the slimy <laughs> the slimy happens, and then like you try and wipe it off, and your hands stick to your clothes, oh. and you look like a real nerd in front of all of the cool kids. Instead of the girls who just wanted, who just thought you would, you just came for slipping into Duncan. Right? Yeah. They they definitely won't you know be all about your dunkage. They don't want to s- watch you swing that slimy stick around. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> well. But I do, so so after you've hit the ball, the ball itself, uh, not slimy. It's a totally normal golf ball. And everything about the course has been, well, just a layer of slime has been added. So the green is now green because it's slime. Uh, sure. So putting doesn't happen so much as as, as you kind of just have to put on your waders and get out there into a big just slime puddle. And then- but Does the ball sink or does it float? It kind of floats, but you don't. It's weird. Right. So you that have to like I, yeah. hold the club really weird and like kind of, it, it's a really ungraceful sport. But it's fun when there's like all your parents are there putting money on it. And uh, it just turns into a real fun night out for the family. It's a very fun new sport. And I think that you guys would be, you would have a lot of fun. It sure does sound new. It is new. It's very, it's very new. Uh, unfortunately, the slime is hazardous oh, brother. to your health. We don't know how or why, but we know it's definitely not good. Yeah. <laughs> the scientists <laughs> sort of just looked at us and shook their heads and, and didn't want to sign our paperwork. So, yeah, if you got a teen kid and you want to have them completely humiliated live on television, then uh, I think this is going to be right up your alley. Traveling millions of miles through space To go to school in a far-out place Baby is the sweetheart Doyle's got a lot to learn here at All right, everybody. Welcome back to the beach blanket. Uh, welcome back to where we're all sitting on this this hot. We, we've beach. got one blanket that's big enough for all four of us and all of you. Yeah, yeah. Our big beach blanket showdown episode continues, and uh, we have come over to outer space beach. Uh, is that <laughs> is there a pun? Is that a pun? Yeah, I don't know. Um, we've come to outer space beach, and which is also simultaneously Florida. <laughs> Yeah, which is also Florida. Um, <laughs> you guys, you guys, we watched Galaxy High episode eight, Beach Blanket Blow Up. And I did not think we were going to spend that much time talking about two 11 minute episodes of Maxi's World. So I'll try to pick up the pace here a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, here is the synopsis for Beach Blanket Blow Up. The winter comet has come to Galaxy High School, chilling everyone to the bone. Good thing it's time for spring break and everyone is planning on going to Fort Lauderoid for the summer Nova. Everyone except Doyle, he's got to make up for flunking chemistry. However, his loss is everyone's gain, <laughs> as he <laughs> makes a discovery of earth-shattering proportions. Fort Lauderoid is set to be destroyed when the Summer Nova flames out, and all his friends and classmates will go with it unless he can come to the rescue. Uh, I was just laughing there because I thought it was saying that, like, Doyle not <laughs> yeah. going meant everybody was <laughs> everybody, like, yeah. <laughs> really, really stoked to it. not have Doyle. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, uh, I don't. I don't mean to be an Austin here, but I want to point out that our friend David Weemers is back as a writer, and he's <laughs> yes. he's, he's paired up with his similarly silly named friend Ken Koontz. <laughs> then it's not spelled K U N T Z. It's K O O N C E. Koontz and Weemers easily twelve times funnier in that spelling. Yeah. Yeah, the, the comedy good... team Coons and Weemers. <laughs> well, Coons and Weemers really did a stand-up job in this one, actually, because uh, this might be my favorite episode of Galaxy High we've watched so far. Um, I I really was impressed by a lot of things uh, in this. Uh, it it has is some a really detail-packed. It is a packed episode, full of stuff, lots mm-hmm. of stuff in this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nathan, how are you feeling about Galaxy High? This is your first one, and we've jumped to episode eight of thirteen. What's your, yeah, what's your... I, I don't feel like I really missed much of anything in in terms of like I, I figured out the plot pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a, a gist of some small things that might have changed between when they first left Earth and when they got to Galaxy High. Um, I just it's all things that you'll you've probably already covered, uh, but I loved it much more than Maxi's world in comparison because uh, <laughs> mostly because of the talk box and the, in the theme oh, song, yeah. like that mm-hmm. was pretty cool. And I was like, Oh, this might be kind of like fun and funky and stuff like that. And then yeah. things yes, took sir. a hard left turn when all of a sudden I saw anthropomorphized music instruments. And I was afraid that we were getting back into kid video territory. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you're not wrong. I think a lot of the energy is kid video energy. There yeah, was it's like, definitely some kid video energy of like mostly that the aliens can look like anything. Yeah, there's yeah, no totally. rule or rhyme or reason reason for their design, which was very similar to what you would encounter in kid video. Some of which right. is disturbing, some of which is kind of fun to see and to figure out how they came up with it. Um, but yeah, just overall, my my general thoughts just like hopping in was like, yeah, I I feel like I'm just like running with it and and getting yeah. a sense of what some the dynamics jokes are. actually landed. Which a is kind of wild, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The the whole setup is that if you're wondering why it's winter out in space, it's they've they've explained it is that the winter comet has sort of come by <laughs> and it's radiating coldness across the, the high school. And so, yeah, because space isn't cold enough. Because space uh, isn't cold enough. It's the new it's the cold comet has is passing by. <laughs> And Doyle has has a sort of budding relationship with uh, one of with one Wendy of the Garbo. The Wendy with Garbo, Wendy Garbo, one of the one of the she's got the the the, the cat around her neck. The hottest alien, yeah, yeah. And I I I don't I don't feel like we've missed anything there. I think that she's always sort of kind of like toyed with him a little bit. We saw that in the pizza episode. Maybe we and did. He's obviously found her attractive, uh, but it definitely seems like she's more on board, at least in the beginning. I really like that there's kind of a subtle reveal that she wasn't she wasn't actually interested in going to Fort Lauderoid with Doyle. She just needed a way to get to Fort Lauderoid. <laughs> yeah. Right. And Amy has a car, which yeah. the show keeps reminding us of. Um, and Amy's car will not be given away so easily. And Doyle. <laughs> a, well, it's it's implied that Wendy needs Doyle is kind of manipulating Doyle to get Amy's car from Amy. So that they can go together to Fort Lauderoid. And the scene fo- following that, where we see Amy uh, Amy and Doyle walking together on the beach, uh, is kind of a fun visual reveal. It becomes like a, a big se- you know, series of scenes in the episode. But this slow pan out reveals that they are just on a treadmill. 
and this <laughs> mm-hmm. is a rotating background. And I like that they didn't initially call any attention to it, that they're just chatting and, and visually we just see this zoom out reveal of yeah. them, you know, in a walking room. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not for some, it's not for some like obvious laugh line. It's just, yeah, there's no the slide spin. whistle when it's it part of the <laughs> Exactly. It's just part of the world, <laughs> which is fun. <laughs> yeah. And I first thought that we were about to do a classic two dates scenario. Uh, and I was yeah. pleasantly surprised it didn't go that way. It was, it was at first, it was like, uh, Amy thought that she was also going to go with Doyle to Ford Lauderoid. And I thought, oh boy, all right, here's the like <laughs> running back and forth between two dates and th- won't mm-hmm. this be crazy. And <laughs> Im- no, immediately, uh, it doesn't go that way. She, she finds out once they're prepared to go together, he, he kind of talks circles around her. It's kind of, kind of an amusing where, she can't go because she's allergic to sand. Uh, sand, it's coarse and it gets everywhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you'll sneeze so hard you'll you'll sandblast yourself. No, I'll stay here. You're right. I really do hate beaches, but just because I can't go doesn't mean you shouldn't. I don't have a car. You said we should share. Take mine. Thanks, Amy. You're terrific. It'll be hard, but I'll try to have some fun without you. And then the next scene, she sees Wendy packing her stuff into her car, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and they're like, oh, you didn't know that he was taking me to Fort Lauderdale in your car? Oh, well, sucks to be you. Uh, and this begins this cavalcade of uh, of everyone going to Fort Lauderdale, including our new friend Gizmo Duck. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, robot on wheels. <laughs> I mean Reginald Unicycle. <laughs> Reginald Unicycle. He's he's a motor. Yes. Yeah. He's a character that was re- uh, it, uh, I believe introduced in an episode that we've skipped over. Uh yeah, so this is which this I'm is really something upset about actually. I know. We we may have to go back for the introduction of Reginald Unicycle. Uh <laughs> because his body ends at the middle and turns into a, a wheel. <laughs> he's just a man <laughs> on one wheel. And it's very Yeah, funny. he's sort of like a like a rich fay hunk. With like a with a motorcycle wheel, just <laughs> as a as a as a groin and legs. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I wasn't even thinking about. It. He doesn't even have. He doesn't even have a a zone. Where's no, his zone? No, the whole wheel's his zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can see the RPMs he gets on that baby. Dang. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to say. Like, what's important? I mean, the the summary covers most of it. Like, they go. There's a lot of like shenanigans that go on at Fort Lauderoid. Uh, yes. While they're while they're there, Doyle learns that the sun that that is near the Fort Lauderoid, whatever, is gonna go supernova. So he has to come and then try and convince everyone to leave. And of well, course, the, the end. The, so that, they all do, and it explodes. So like, there's that's, some, that's like the main thing. I would say that there are there are a few really fun. Uh, you know, little sketches that that play out pretty entertaining. The uh, so they arrive, and Amy says, "We got to find a good spot where all the hunks can see us from afar." <laughs> and uh, they explain to her, "Known at Fort Lauderoid, the girls, you know, the girls chase the boys." Uh, uh, and then it's we a see Hawkins planet. <laughs> <laughs> but then we cut to Wendy. Cha- like, there's just all these. She's attracted to the quote unquote tall, dark, and handsome types. And then she just kind of keeps bobbing between taller and darker aliens. Yeah. Sasquatches <laughs> and swamp monsters. It's just like, hey, hey there, hot stuff. 
I, I did definitely enjoy that. That joke landed for me. And then the one yes. where like the final one to emerge was like a head still in the sand, but then he had okay. just tiny arms oh. and legs. Okay, oh head God. boy. That oh was kind of funny. Is this yes. so? Uh, um, before that, so uh, we cut. So then we do the the sort of airhead. Uh, sort of who's on Boo. first? Boo, uh, Boo bobblehead. The yeah, and uh, what's the? And it's something airhead, right? Uh, guy's name? Yeah, he he's like Hank Hank Airhead or something along those something lines. Like that. And uh, yeah, so it's it's interesting because uh, because Wendy's after anybody tall, dark, and spooky. Yeah, Bowie yeah. and Gilda both go after their own kind. So Bowie finds another yeah. bubblehead lady, and Gilda finds another tentacle head guy. Um. And I love Gilda's. I love Gilda's because she's all of her tentacles end in mouths and (laughs) And they just are wrapping around this guy. (laughs) Well, uh, she finds this guy whose tentacles all end in ears. Yeah. (laughs) That's really funny. And then they just start like, yeah, the tentacle wrapping. It's like, ooh, (laughs) that's sexual. It's very sexual. There's also a hunk alien who put a hamburger inside of his ear. There is that uh, at one point, which was fun to watch. I know all of you have covered this, but there was definitely that pleasant moment for me where I was like, oh, hey, it's Nancy Cartwright. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Like, I'm not the most well-versed in voice actors, but like, you know, Bart Simpson's voice immediately. Yeah. Yes. Uh, So that was kind of weird to to hear, but I'm assuming that this came out before The Simpsons did. Yeah. Yeah. In a world before The Simpsons, as weird as that is to to imagine. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we kind of mentioned this before, but like the there's a whole like Sadie Hawkins thing that you mentioned, uh, Austin. But even if it is like a feminist reverse, you can't really hide the like pure objectification of like I think two or three times they're like we're going shopping for men. We're <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. pick out the Thug item shopping. that we want, and I'm going to pick out the one, and then this is mine. <laughs> like well, I then was Amy, like, wow. Amy winds up with uh, Muadib. Some sort of fucking worm whisperer. <laughs> yeah. He's such a he's like a weird doofus. He walks, he's got like those those sort of like comical uh like like spread out legs like they draw cowboys with because he's been riding he's horseback. He's a hayseed. He's a hayseed uh, alien. <laughs> yeah. And then this worm comes out of the ground and she rides on it for a bit and then is kind of like, you know, I'm done. This is nothing. I'm I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what happens after that is, is like, I think, yeah, my, my favorite visual gag is seeing these like perfectly studly monkey hunks that (laughs) are like three of them buried in sand. And then two of them get up and go to the water and they just are swole. (laughs) They're just normal men. They're normal hot men with monkey heads. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And uh, the girls are just drooling. And then yeah. that's sort of and that's the reversal on then and then you we see the hot the hot face, right? There's also buried in the sand. Yeah, yes. yeah. So so and Amy gets up like feet. okay. Okay, whoever's left is gotta be just like dynamite. And <laughs> and she's like, Hey, what's up, hot stuff? And then it's just it's literally a head with like ledged legs attached to it. It's so it's like, funny. It's like Hank's dad with the <laughs> <laughs> kill fitting man. <laughs> yeah, it was so guichy. Uh and then there's uh there's a guy who's a beach towel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this like flat. <laughs> he's like a flat, yeah, Stanley, flat but he, Stanley. They sort yeah. of imply he's he's like of the beach towel people. Like he's <laughs> <laughs> he's a doormat. He's like a human doormat. Kind of <laughs> Walk is on he, me. 
Is he the 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 beach towel blow up that we're supposed to? Are we supposed to blow him up? What are we supposed to do with him? I don't we, we, know. We gotta, I'm gonna blow him. I'm gonna blow the beach <laughs> oh, towel. Oh boy! <laughs> okay. Oh boy! Well, That's we've, also Guichi. We've arrived here. It's, it's very Guichi. <laughs> yeah, so Guichi. So I mean, I guess you can you can kind of get a sense of of how like sketch heavy this is like it's all of these like fun moments yeah we're, well because we're watching the gags while and then about halfway through the episode maybe a third we cut back to to doyle and that's the sort of other big chunk of the episode is doyle figuring out fort lauderdale is about to explode and has to go save yeah. them it, it is we, our criticism in other episodes was that it was too much doyle and it wasn't really about amy anymore and it is mm-hmm. nice to get amy back Towards towards the center of an episode, but it still oh, yes. kind of refocuses See, itself on Doyle. This is so interesting to me because as someone who hasn't seen any other episodes, I'm like, there's still too much Doyle because there's any <laughs> Doyle. Uh-huh. Yeah, Doyle I just sucks. Don't care for Doyle at all, and I, I liked obviously like they flipped the whole like normally he's super popular and good at everything, and in this episode, no, everyone's like, we don't really want to deal with you. Why are you being a climate? Uh, alarmist uh, we're just here at the beach with our masks off Um, but like but they all love Amy like Amy's like doing her thing and she can like have her pick of the monkey dudes Um, the monkey I will be the queen of monkey planet (laughs) exactly but yeah I just I didn't really care for him it was hard being queen of planet of the apes oh wait no it wasn't no it wasn't (laughs) No, I like Amy a lot. We we talked earlier uh, a few weeks ago about um, about how she seems to have like they they don't know what to do with her because she was a nerd and showed up and is super popular, and so now she kind of well, has what yeah. she wants, and there's no the, troubles. There's for no her. real drama, and yeah, so that's exactly it. the The reversal sort of puts puts Doyle squarely in the underdog seat, which is kind of fun to see, like a goth or not goth a. Uh, a jock, uh, like a just a power jock who just suddenly is <laughs> stripped of all of his, uh, you know, all of his uh, ability. Um, mm-hmm. right. But yeah, but he's just he's a little too annoying. And and more than that, Amy's fun. Like, yes, yeah. she she is hard to dramatize because she's got everything she wants. And she's also smart and beautiful. Um, but <laughs> she's interesting <laughs> at the same time. So it's like it's too bad. Yeah. Yeah, and it's too bad that her sort of central plot in this episode became a romance issue. You know, yeah. which is uh, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. it's the most we've gotten of Amy and it's like all about her who she who she's going to kiss and then Doyle is trying to save the universe. Well, she she broke up she broke up with uh with the creep. Yeah, I guess oh, so. Oh, we didn't yeah. see the creep she all cut episode. Ties. Uh anyway, I feel like I feel like the the other f- fun thing that i could i could want to talk about this week is more about this arguing tube couple yeah the tube uh, couple has been come back and they're yeah, they're uh the recurring space taxi service that has somehow sneaked its way into every space cartoon we've watched <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah and i i i there's an incredibly i, I want to talk about it because this i found this very troubling we talked about how like it was kind of cool that their uh, awful, like codependent, re- like relationship was sort of metaphorically shown by how connected they are by a bunch of tubes, and they but it can't see really each troubling. other eye to eye. It is yeah, troubling. they can't see eye to eye. It became really troubling this week because of one thing that they said, where they heard it later, late in the episode when the supernova goes off, they they don't know what's going on and they hear a big bang or a noise or a shock, and 
The woman says, Did we blow a thruster? Was it our gallbladder? Was it our gallbladder? <laughs> Jeez. And That's dark. Oh, I didn't hear that. So they share. They share the central organs. nervous system yeah. and some organs. <laughs> Was it our gallbladder? <laughs> no. This, this, it became so much more fucked for me. Don't they after mention that they have moment. kids in this one? They might. Did I invent they that? Might. I think I well, they might have invented it. I don't they, know. They have kidneys. Well, oh. <laughs> what they say is she yells at him because he always wants a sporty little car instead of a minivan, which doesn't mm. really make sense if they don't have kids. Um, yeah. But they, they do not say they have kids. That's what it was. That well, was what, if they gotcha. keep picking up passengers, I mean, clearly they have <laughs> consistent car trouble. So, yeah. I mean, they're really going off like the the whole like older married Jewish couple vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that's uh, it's def- Fred and Ethel is exactly what it is. Yeah, Jerry Stiller and Mira, any of those, yep. yeah, 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 that type of that type of duo, um, and it, it's all right. Like I didn't mind it being in there. Um, it it was like a little bit like so much like oh yeah, I could have written any any of us could have written those jokes or whatever. But like yeah, it's still nice to have something besides just a uh, young hot uh, monkey jocks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I don't want to engage with it. I don't feel like I don't even know you. <laughs> you- <laughs> All I need are young, hot monkey jocks, Nathan. <laughs> Though, I will say that there were moments where, like, Amy, towards the end, was giving me some, like, Liza Minnelli or Lisa Rinna vibes. Not just with yeah, the haircut, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, like... But the voice acting. Yeah, the voice acting, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, appreciate the the couple, sort of, as a recurring bit. I, I like that these things are brought back, also in the show, brought back for a reason. Not just for a one-off, but they come back at the end kind of to save the day. Yeah, uh, which was really clever. It felt like everything in this show was it's brought around. It, like yeah, every element, there's like, a person with some with some just a little bit more care about the the sort of the space that they're they're building. It's yeah, mm-hmm. it's not at all serialized, but they just kind of rem- they just consistently remember a joke or character they've made or introduced, and it's great. It's well, it is but real. also like the everything. Uh, Doyle can't go to Fort Lauderdale because he failed to study for Professor Eisenstein's class. And so he's doing his makeup work and it's through doing that makeup work that he realizes the supernova is going to go off at Fort Lauderdale. And so like, yeah. there's no wasted it's true. It's plot. Yeah. There's no it's nice, like, everything plotting. Is, it's good. Yeah. It's really like, and again, like the couple that he meets on the way over, um, you know, and passes and then they come back showing up at that world to help him get off the planet. And it just, again, comes back around really nicely. Everything's, you know, every piece of the animal is used effectively, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. That's just basic script writing that we're praising here. It's just so far above the bar that's set for 80s cartoons that it's like, yeah, amazing. What else? What did anything else happen in this episode that you guys wanted to wanted to talk about? I feel like um, um, it's just a weird sort of plot thing that happened where Doyle has to go with Professor Eisenstein, but he melts at thirty two degrees <laughs> because he's ice, and so he's got to stay in a refrigerated truck. Well, they put him. He wears uh, the refrigerated underwear. Yes, and he wears refrigerated underwear. Yes, but he's got to as they get close to the supernova, like he turns into water and so Doyle has to scoop him up into a into a water glass and communicate with a series of bubbles and and when he gets mad it like froths 
Yeah. And, and then when he's on the beach and he's trying to convince everybody that the sun is going to explode and Amy misunderstands and thinks that he's there to tell her that they want to go steady and they want to kiss. <laughs> and so she starts telling people that they want to kiss. Doyle starts telling people the sun's going to explode. <laughs> and and they have trouble believing him. And there's kind of a blow up that's not in his favor because they think he's being an asshole and, and screwing with Amy again, which he has done before. So, you know, they're kind of in their right. But yeah. now Beef has orchestrated Beef Bonk and the Bonk Boys. Uh, yeah. Uh, that everybody now has glasses of water. Yeah, uh, somehow. And so he can't tell who, where the professor is. Like, which, <laughs> so for the rest of the episode, everybody, every supporting character has to also now carry a glass of water with them until they get home. <laughs> it's really funny. And it's such a weird, I mean, it's, it's funny. It's just like, well, what so, a strange so, choice. Well, it's, it's. If you're talking about, you know, no, no wasted, uh, you know, no wasted space, uh, or, you know, use all the parts of the animal, this, a uh, Professor Eisenstein's is, uh, it's sort of like when Gandalf falls down the hole, like Doyle is without uh-huh. a sort of mentor character who's gonna, who could easily explain all of this and solve the problem and just fly the eagles to yeah. Mordor. Right. Uh, so that's fun. Now, is he a reoccurring character? Eisenstein? Yes. Yes. Okay, so the two of you, or three of you, sorry, the history of you, uh, you've clearly talked about the fact that he is definitely the predecessor to the Ice King in Adventure Time, right? We have not talked about no. that, no. No, because yeah. well, Eisenstein is an odd character, because I think he's German, right? Don't they yeah, say that? I, yeah, the so. yeah there's, mm-hmm. there's, I think there's a German character voice that they're trying to go for. Oh, it's Einstein. It's Einstein, but yeah. Eisenstein is a famous filmmaker, like one of the pillars of filmmaking. So it's a right. really odd red herring to throw that name in there. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying he's got white hair, blue, light blue skin, dark blue clothing. Yeah. Uh, like I, watching it, I was like, what is like, this definitely reminds me, even though the character is very different. Uh, I was like, yeah, somebody no, might I have watched that. the show when they were, when they mm-hmm. were younger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and I, I, I feel like, I feel like this is definitely a show that would have, or could easily have instilled a level of animation like in somebody because it definitely, and we've talked about this before too. It definitely seems like everyone working on galaxy high is having a fucking blast. Like it's made with care for whatever you want, whatever grade you want to give it and you know, (laughs) in, uh, in the, the pantheon of, of quality of quality animation, it was made Mm -hmm. by people having a great fucking time. And I love it. And you can, and that, and that shows. Well, I looked at, I saw in the credits that this was made by Chris Columbus and I was like, yeah. wait, Home Alone and Harry Potter, Chris Columbus? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. Th- that's, yeah, I, that was correct. And he, man, say what you will about the quality of, of those two film series as far as like the Chris Columbus, Harry Potters and, uh, home, the Home Alones that he worked on. Uh, Adventures in babysitting. You're right. That as well. <laughs> You could tell that he was ha- like it's not gr- it's not art, but they were having fun when they made it. Like it's yeah, it's like fun and kind of like sweet and innocent or whatever. And that's definitely his wheelhouse, even if he's not trying to break the <laughs> yeah. wheel or yeah, do anything crazy. Yeah. You ever watch somebody's yeah. movie and think, I bet he's a good dad. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap us out. R- wrap me up in paper. That's staying in the episode, everybody. When you when you just heard Andy say, <laughs> "That's <laughs> in paper." <laughs> we can do that. Well, what are you going to do? Cut all this? <laughs> <laughs> well, Nathan, 
you, you ground us, please. Talk to me. I will. I will ground you. <laughs> no, humor, watched... no humor. <laughs> Here's your grounding. I watched three more episodes of two different cartoon shows with these fine gentlemen, uh, and I can't say that I really liked either show, but I had a good time. That's uh, what. So that was sort of part of the premise with Galaxy. We it's a really fun show to show people, love mm-hmm. it or hate it. Max's world, we were coming in cold. We didn't know what to expect, but we knew. Yep. Sure, we knew you would and hate I, it the most. I'm glad that I got to go on that ride with you of being like, eh, this was uh, not great. Yeah, was it worth twelve dollars, Andy? Uh, Fourteen, mm. actually. Um, Fourteen was it worth? Fourteen. Uh, I think time will tell on that because uh, we're, you may you may notice uh, it may have already even begun. I'm planting the seeds for ways that I can sort of make the the return on investment even better and sort of make us watch more Maxi's World in other contexts. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say keep buying DVDs for Andy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if I have my way, uh, I'm going to make this $14 go uh, a little farther. So I think you'll probably end up seeing Maxi's World uh, one more time, maybe two on our podcast. Uh, you can Uh-oh. quote me on that. <laughs> well, I'm busy that week. So. <laughs> well, fine. Well, we weren't gonna we weren't gonna ask you anyway. Nathan, is there anything anything while we while you've got our while you've got our massive spotlight that you want to shine shine it on? Anything going on in Nathan Town? Uh, you know, n- not not really at the moment. I mean, I guess How the, come? the uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, 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 boy. God. Uh, oh, that hurts. The the only thing that I'll mention is if if you're so inclined, if you search on YouTube for "Don't Corona Me, Get Back," we made a parody of Ludacris's "Get Back" about coronavirus, and that sounds very cringy, uh, but it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, we recorded it back at like the beginning of May, or we wrote it and recorded it. Well, then there was still a little forever. optimism left to wring from the stone. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I bet they had fun while they did that. Uh, I think it's absolutely fun. So if any of you are inclined, uh, I mean, a lot of you listening to this probably already, you might know me already. So you might have seen it go by on the YouTube. I I think it sounds like what you're implying is that we've got about seven listeners and we've got nine or ten. So uh, (laughs) at least one or two of those might not have ever met you. (laughs) It's, It's certainly possible. Uh I, yeah, uh, go check that out. It's it's fun. Uh, we we have fun with that group. It's my hip hop improv group that I'm a part of called a nice. yeah. called Yes. So yeah, they're great. That is the only thing I could think to plug. Well, you deserve the plug. You're excellent. We appreciate you on the show for Thank sure. You. Thanks for having me. Has anybody ever pitched to you calling uh, calling hip hop improv improv? <laughs> <laughs> Improv. Would you like to participate in some improv? Uh, I, as a as a as a final thought, I just wanted to say that most things that I've done uh, in my life could be described as it sounds cringy, but it's actually really fun. Um, so <laughs> I, I feel you there, and uh, please listen to our podcast. It sounds cringy, <laughs> but it's actually really fun. <laughs> and we'll see you next Tuesday.